What if the hairiest fishes traveling mistakenly to the middle of my hairiest part of my chest <laughs> did Chris Kringle impressions? I like it. Yeah, me too. That's a thumbs up. On <laughs> That's good. All right. Welcome to Which Game First, where we boldly explore the hilariously huge world of board games. Did we unearth any hidden treasures you've been missing out on? Let's find out. First up, we transport Tetris from TV to tabletop in bricks. Next, we dive deep below the surface to create and nurture wondrous and terrifying creatures in oceans. And lastly, we desperately try to dress up a word salad in You've Been Sentenced. I'm your host, Celeste Angelus. Now let's meet the rest of our brave and intrepid game explorers. Hi, I'm Evan Bernstein, jack of all trades, master of none. Hi, I'm Ed Povolaitis. When we laughed, meant I was but the learner. But now I am the master. I'm Mike Grenier, and if you're not willing to be a fool, you can never become a master. Hey guys, what's this newfangled Kickstarter thing the kids are all talking about? Well, from what I understand, it's a magical fairyland where you can find a pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. Close enough. It is a treasure trove of new games to explore, though. And we're diving in to see what we can find. We'll be combing through all the great games in development so we can show you some of our favorites. We'll be bringing you our kick picks on upcoming side quest episodes of Which Game First. And as always, please leave us a rating, a review, a Facebook post, tweet, Insta, retweet, article, shout out, mention us down at the local gaming store, anywhere. It really helps others find the show. Thanks for listening. Thank you. Our first game up this week is Bricks, designed by Wolfgang Warsh. Published by Schmidt Spiel and Stronghold Games in 2018. Number of players 1 to 4, ages 8 and up. Playtime 30 minutes. All right, when we dislodge this game from its perfectly slotted spot right between four other precariously placed games <laughs> while vaguely Soviet MIDI music played in the background, what were our first thoughts? Mike? Do, 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 do. <laughs> I feel like I'm being transported back to Mother Russia in 1987. Ed? These bricks are so familiar, I think I need a few more quarters for the arcade. <laughs> Evan? There's a four-sided die in this game? <gasps> Digger, I mean, I can't wait to try it. <laughs> <laughs> I love a good pen and pad paper game. It should be a treat to try one that's not about words. <laughs> but before we wedge this review into just the right place in the show... Evan, tell us how it's played. In Bricks, players immerse themselves into the world of game consoles by matching Bricks blocks on their game sheet. A dice roll decides which blocks the players must place. This block falls on the field from top to bottom. Players can move the blocks to the left or to the right and rotate blocks by spending energy points. Complete rows and collect the most points to win. Pew, 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 pew. <laughs> Does it deserve that level of excitement? I don't know. I loved the colorful pad that came with this. So it's a printed pad and everybody tears off a sheet and uses one sheet at a time. But the printing is very fun and colorful. And I like that. That's going the extra mile. And they didn't necessarily need to do that. And the graphic design makes it look like one of those classic arcade games from the uh, 80s. Yeah. Got a little joystick, a little button to match. Yeah, right down to the Bricks font itself. Mm -hmm. Very reminiscent of old arcade games. <laughs> I miss the 80s arcade games. So I was wondering if, you know, this was going to be boring because you're just 
basically drawing shapes on a piece of paper. But there's quite a few extra game mechanics that make it interesting and add a lot of strategy. One of the cool little pressure luck and um, control you have in the game is a choice to re-roll the dice and you get just a little bit of energy that let you change results. I like the use of energy. This was something that you stored up at the bottom of your sheet. Well, you can change the color or type of the block with energy. Oh, the color matters? Yeah, because the, the orientation matters. Because when you roll the dice, it gives you uh, the type and the orientation of the cube. And then you can spend energy if you want to either change the type or rotate it. Uh, each shape has its own color. Oh, that makes sense. For example, the yellows are all L's. The greens are all L's, but the mm-hmm. reds and blues are, are a little squiggle. The whites are T's, etc. Yeah. So they, they have all like four blocks attached to them? Is that how the, are they all the same size? That's correct. Yes. It's a quantity of four individual blocks. Mm-hmm. So by rolling both the D4 and the D6, you get the orientation and type of cube. And then you got to mush it into your graph on your paper. Yeah. Yep. And then it and starts to get hairy by the third or fourth roll. And, <laughs> and the game includes uh, four of these little golf pencil-sized felt-tip pens you can use the X off where you put it. Yeah, I don't know how I feel about that. Thank yeah. goodness for those. <laughs> <laughs> Any pen will do, but it does come with those just in case. You're actually drawing your shapes into a grid? Yes, that's the... Trade-off. There's not like a little piece that you can move around on the board? No, no, no. The only pieces in the game is the pad and the pen and the dice. Wow. You're mapping your own results, Mike. When does this end? I fill in four Uh, lines. When everybody stops playing. Okay. Mm, Good to know. Is that always the case? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, this is atrocious. Tell me about it. Yeah. 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 Just messed up everyone's Tetris. And I have to admit, I kind of like that. I didn't know if I was going to, but it was fun. Mm -hmm. And you can fill in the cubes if you want, or you can just X them out uh, Mm -hmm. if you're moving quickly. What about those dots that are on the board? That is how you can get more energy. If you cover the dot with the same color cube, you get energy. Energy bonus. Yay! So like your little red L, you turn it to the left or something and it drops down and then it- If you cover a red dot. It doesn't have to make a line or anything, just cover the dot and you got the energy. If the red cube falls on a red dot, then you get energy. What happens if you just run out of energy? You just let them fall where they may? Yeah, well, then you can't rotate them anymore. You get Yeah, you can't manipulate it. But you do have one other resource in the game. You get three bombs. Ooh. Boom. I did not use any bombs. I used uh, all three of my bombs. What's the downside? Well, each bomb uh, costs you victory points. Uh, if you don't use any of your bombs, you'll have... Seven more victory points. Right, seven more victory seven points. Seven for three? That's weird. It's just like a... Well, the first bomb only costs you one. The second one costs you two. Uh, and the last one is worth four. Gotcha. As you're able to complete some of the higher rows, as your structure builds to the top of your screen, if you're able to complete those rows, you get some more bonus victory points. Yes, uh, those uh, yellow rows are worth double points. So is it worthwhile to just stack everything up until you get to the yellow rows and then try to make lines in there? That's a good point, Mike. I thought about that, but me being the uh, 
well, bricklaying purist that I am, <laughs> I wanted to make sure I got every <laughs> bit of my lower foundation in place, even to the detriment of me not being able to complete those higher rows. That's, it's just how my mind works. Well, I just had fun tucking as many as I could. I think I only had one space that I could. You did fill great, in. Celeste. Yeah, you did better than I did. Yeah, I think you had almost a perfect gore and both the mind. <laughs> Now, they, so they don't disappear when you make a line. They just keep stacking up. Right. When you compare it to, like, say, the video game version of this, those lines would disappear. But no, you just continue to accumulate and stack. And the better you are at completing your rows, the more points you will achieve. Uh, I feel like you're missing out on something without getting rid of the stuff. What do you mean? Like, like satisfying to get a line and watch it vanish and have the whole thing drop down. Like, you don't get that in this Oh, no, you don't. No. But there is a level of satisfaction in being able to physically fill in spaces. Mm. Like, I enjoyed that experience. It was different. Yes, you don't have the digital assistance and that catharsis. There's plenty of catharsis in covering stuff up that Mm. you're trying to cover up. And you don't just fill in the graph itself. And it's colorful. It's an interesting, nice-looking cartoon-style display that actually looks like a game console. Mm -hmm. You get to also fill in your score at the bottom as you go. You can fill out your energy points. There's lots of stuff to write. All right. So there's a lot of little mini victories. I think the other thing that the filling in the grid gives you is the tension at the end of the game with like now I'm running out of space and they start feeling, oh, oh, I'm not going to have room for this block. What am I going to do now? Yes. It was very tempting to use a bomb near the end. Sure was. Yeah, we all use a lot of them. I don't think I used one. I yeah. think I used maybe one. Oh, yeah. we're looking at the sheets, Ashley. Look, I think oh, we all used all three oh, of them. Oh, here we are. We caught <gasps> Wait out. a minute. You kept evidence of I the gameplay? Hmm. How dare you? <laughs> I gave you no such permission. Wait, did I write my name on my sheet? <laughs> no. If, if well, not, give me Celeste's sheet. <laughs> plausible deniability. <laughs> That's not my sheet. Does this say Vladimir on? This is not my sheet. <laughs> <laughs> there was one more way to get bonus points, and that was How trying it? to complete multiple lines at the same time. Yeah. That's what I was trying to do, and I managed to achieve that in a few cases. Completing two lines at once gave you one bonus point. Getting three lines at once gave you two, but if you managed to do four lines at once, you get four bonus points. Yeah. That's like in regular Tetris when you're saving that, just waiting for that one long one to come out because you set it all up to go. Exactly. The the epic victory, yes. Or you drop it down Which too I fast love. and it lands on the side of where it should have been and then it makes this horrible <laughs> blockade. <laughs> 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 Terrible. Yeah, not enough bonus points, though, to work that way to achieve victory. Uh, which I found out later as we were adding up the points. It's like, okay, I completed a couple four rows, got only four bonus points. That's not enough to win. Mm-hmm. Your first couple of X is only two or three points, but after you get up there, it gets up to like 25 points. So it jumps from, say, three to six. That's a that's a three-point spread. Then the next number is 10. That'll get you four more. Right. And the next number is 15, which is five more than that. I wanted to mention before we close out this segment, the other Stronghold games that look like this game? So this is from a series of games that include Dizzle, Twice as Clever, and uh, That's Pretty Clever. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to assume That's Pretty Clever comes before Twice as Clever. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, maybe. I like this. Uh, You know, it's old-fashioned, it's simple, but I definitely like having games like this on my game shelf. They're great to pull out and do a quick thing. And there's something about pen and paper I really enjoy. Yeah, some people like to call these things roll and writes. Because you roll stuff and then you write stuff down. Roll and write. I like it. Okay, explorers, it's time to dig up or bury bricks. 
Ed? Bricks is a pretty good pen and paper simulation of a Tetris style game. And I had fun playing it. But after a couple plays, I might just bury this in favor of an app I can use. Evan? I consider myself good at spatial reasoning, and I've always had a fondness for Tetris. Bricks was fine. I think I'm good after playing once, though. So try it once yourself, and then you can bury it and move on. This is a cheerful-looking quick game, and I had a lot of fun playing it with my kids. I definitely keep this in my repertoire. Dig it up. Evan, where can you find this game? You can find it in both online stores and at the old brick-and-mortar stores. See what I Bricks did there? Bricks and mortar, yeah. Bricks and mortar. Mm-hmm. Runs about $13 in the U.S. If you have thoughts about Bricks, let us know. We are at Which Game First on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Our next game up is Oceans Deluxe Edition, designed by Nick Bentley, Dominic Crapuche, Ben Goldman, and Brian O'Neill. Published by North Star Games in 2020. Number of players 2 to 4 and up to 6 players with the Deluxe Editions expansion. Ages 12 and up. Playtime 60 to 90 minutes. Okay, when we sat down with the crew of the Interceptor to play this game, what were our first thoughts? Evan? They're calling it an immersive game experience. Now that's clever. <laughs> Mike? The box art looks colorful and peaceful, but what lies beneath the surface? Ed? The back of the box gives you an inkling of what terrors await for you in the deep. The ocean has always terrified me. Will this game's immersive approach to ocean life make me feel better or worse? But before we dive in, yeah, I know. (laughs) (laughs) Insufferable pun. It had to be said. Evan, tell us how it's played. In oceans, players enter a vast underwater cosmos of sharp teeth, glowing eyes, and black ink, where your survival depends on your ability to adapt to the unknown. Each player's turn has four phases. Dwindling population will trigger the Cambrian Explosion Explosion. and other events challenging players to thrive in an ever-changing ecosystem where food is scarce and predators lurk. (laughs) The game ends when the ocean runs out of population. The player with the most population accumulated over the course of the game wins and is handed the Trident of Poseidon. The Trident of Poseidon, sweet. You'd need it for some of the giant monstrosities that can be uh, created in this ocean. The ocean's a wild place. It is. Mm. Scary. Super duper scary. This did not do anything to allay my fears about the ocean. Although it was <laughs> colorful. And, and yeah, oh yeah. nice and pretty and packed out colors pretty. in the beginning. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the art was impressively pretty. It's like watercolor almost. It is a watercolor style, but with very, very bright colors. It made everything look exotic. And as most exotic things are, they can be a little bit spooky too. Uh huh. Well, yeah, an octopus still an octopus, no matter what color you give yeah, it. Yeah, tentacle could still be creepy, no matter how colorful <laughs> it is. <laughs> and some of the mouths on these creatures, like, oh my gosh, is, do they really have that many teeth? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, rows of sharp teeth are still scary, no matter how bright and pretty they are. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't think they took a ton of liberties, except for, of course, the fantastical creatures. I think the realistic creature features they have in the game aren't like super exaggerated and they're scary 
So we had the deluxe edition. Yeah. With some really gorgeous components. Ed, you want to say what's in this box? It is mind-blowing. So in the deluxe edition, you're going to get these uh, acrylic fishies that replace the cardboard colorful fishies to get in the standard game. Deluxe game, the fish feel really nice because they're made of acrylic. Which ones are better? The clear fish are kind of hard to see in the box sometimes. So I think that in a way, I like the cardboard ones better. Interesting. So it actually had the other opposite effect because the colors were blending into the colorful wreath. So the color fishes were a little harder to see than the solid color plastic pieces for me. Hmm. Also, in, in the standard game, you hide your victory points or your population behind a little screen. In the deluxe edition, they give you a little bag to put your fishies in. I love the bag. I had a sweet octopus bag. Yeah, they're each screen printed with a different animal. So you kind of get to pick your animal, which was fun. Mm -hmm. Uh, Also, the deluxe edition includes a bunch of printed sleeves for all your cards. That was nice. The matte finish texture to them. They seem really solid. They had beautiful art on the back of them, too. It was nice to provide that for you. It also includes 15 foil scenario cards and 10 deep foil cards that are exclusive to the deluxe edition. Foil cards are always cool to look at. And lastly, it includes the five to six player expansion so you can play with up to six players. How does it expand the game? What do they do to make it able to be played with six? Is it just more components? More fish tokens and more species boards and a couple more bonus tokens. And are the rules any different for four to six? No. Other than uh, the number of fishes you use to set up the the ocean. Yeah, they just gear it to a higher number of players. They probably have a little slightly different um, starting points too. Right. The, po- the bonus point token start off depending on player order. So in this game, we're building an ocean ecosystem. And in that way, it's similar to Evolution, right? The game Evolution. Yeah, it has a lot of similarities to um, the original Evolution game. But in this one, it's actually a lot harder to kill off the different species. Mike, did you like that it was more difficult? I think it was it was a lot better because then you're not so shy about putting out a new species because it's not just going to instantly die unless you haven't already had a way out there to feed it. I found the feeding opportunities a lot easier here as well, which may make sense because I think in the ocean, there are more feeding opportunities than on land. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that is true. Plenty of fishies in the sea. Yep. <laughs> I mean, you still had your predators out there like almost, mm-hmm. you know, emptying out an entire species. And you have a lot of symbiosis where one species is like, the food source for all your other ones that you've built or they're leeching off of other people's uh, species populations i think the changes they made to the mechanics really simplified and um expanded in the same time the <laughs> game mechanics of evolution there were some impressive mechanics advancements in this game Everything about this game, I think, improves upon the original, which was a pretty darn good game to begin with. Right. It definitely was. So now you only have one stat on each species to keep track of, its population, while in evolution you had both its population and its size Mm -hmm. to worry about. Yep. But you didn't lose anything by taking away size because there's still kind of a way to rate their size by the amount of current population they have. Yeah. You know, so you still had that mechanic in there, but without the extra like accounting to do. Now they have some really simple icons in all the cards that keep track of its aggressive attacks or its foraging abilities or its defensive abilities. Mm-hmm. Which I'm a big fan of playing, starting off the game playing a little bit of defense myself. It was really cool to like come up with a, a solid base creature and then kind of get a whole bunch of things that evolve around it. 
there's a lot of different strategies for mm-hmm. what type of sea creature ecosystem you're going to build. Mm-hmm. Evan, what did you do with your strategy? I had one main creature, I think similar to Mike, and then I would expand with different creatures, which would help complement, protect that main species, which was kind of the thrust of my, uh, of my goal. I liked a lot that you could add on to a species various things like parasitic. You could make them luminous. Mm -hmm. It was really easy to mix and match them. That was very cool. Every species of fish could pretty much adopt any... Any trait. Yeah, any trait. Well, yeah, you don't really start off with like a basic creature. You just start off with a blank slate and whatever your first trait is, is basically what the creature is to begin with. It's an odd concept, but it works really, really Mm -hmm. well once you see it in action. It's really quite brilliant. Oh, yeah. I love coming up with like killer combinations too that that work really well with each other. But sometimes I get distracted by thinking of what the creature could be. And I want to add something that doesn't really help it too much just because it'll be cool to have a shark with tentacles or, you know, whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. So what is this creature? So this thing is a gargantuan speedy tentacle filter feeder. (laughs) They tell fascinating stories. Just Mm -hmm. building these creatures in and of itself is a fun narrative exercise. And it's not just you building on the story. It's the other player, too, because if you're not reacting to what the other players are doing, you can find yourself extinct. That's right. Yeah, it is all about interacting with the other players. You know, you can affect the creature to the left. The species. Mm -hmm. Or the species to the right. So it could be your species. Or if the next thing over is the next player's species, then that's who it affects. Very cool. Yeah, that's what I was trying to do. Get a little barrier for my species (laughs) in the middle so that other players couldn't start either, you know, leeching off of mine or attacking it willy-nilly. Or You you didn't care for the fact that my species was leeching off of yours? Yeah, you know, because I, I kind of needed some, some of those. You didn't need that population. I had more use of that population than you did. Well, you know, str- struggling to keep one of, my, one of my species alive was a bit of a challenge because <laughs> it was being leached on so much. And if you lose it, if you run out by the time your turn is over, your species goes extinct. But the good thing in this game is that you actually feed at the beginning of your turn. So you have time to actually choose who you feed out of your species. So they don't die quite the way they did in the other Evolutions games. No, but it winds up limiting your choices. And if you're trying to concentrate on other things, you may have to focus mm-hmm. some of your resources and efforts on trying to just keep your species alive. Right, it's, right. it's a great balance because you can only feed one of your species each turn. So you have to make a decision. Which one do I going to use to feed? Because they all are going to age at the end of your turn. And if they can't age, they go extinct. I think it's more like one of your species can feed each turn it's not like you feed them it's like you choose which one feeds and then it can kind of like if you have the right setup it can distribute it amongst the other ones in certain ways like if you have leeches on your own side well if you, yeah if you have the right synergies going on exactly synergy is the key to victory in this game you need to have a synergy within your own stuff yeah just like you said mike it's not as deadly because the predators can't make a population extinct. Right. You're always going to have an opportunity to save that population, which was not the same in evolution. <laughs> in yeah, evolution, the... a predator could make it extinct. Well, unless something changes the rules. <laughs> <laughs> well, there actually are some scenario type cards where 
you know, species can go extinct when it's not your turn or like, you know, different ways to tweak it. Yeah. Brutal. And also some of the deep cards, which we haven't really gotten into yet. Yeah. uh, Break the rules. (laughs) Ed, is this game out? Backers should be gotten their copies by now. Most cases, unless no, there's some international distribution issues, especially with the the coronavirus going around at the oh, moment. Yeah. No, most backers should have their games now, and the game is expected to come out within the next few weeks to retail stores. When the very first ocean space becomes depopulated, all the little fishite uh, fish minis are gone. Are, are gone. <laughs> And that part is empty. It triggers the Cambrian, Cambrian explosion. explosion. And boy, did that change the pace of the game. Oh, man. It sure does. It is a for sure. It's hyperspace and under, under the water. Oh, yeah. And once that Cambrian explosion hits, you'll be able to play two cards in the same turn. And that makes all the difference. It doubles your speed of getting species out. Yeah, you can make two species or you can migrate and put a new species out there. Right, so just about the time where uh, some impatient players, I won't name names. <laughs> Not um, to name names, Celeste. Get bored of the game. This thing comes out to really ramp it up and head toward the ending. Mm-hmm. Because not only are you playing two cards, the other thing that happens at the Campion Explosion, all of your species age twice. So there might be a few more extinctions if you're not careful. And it also lets you start... Uh, using those cards from the deep deck. The deep cards. The Kraken. Release the Kraken. <laughs> Basically. Yes, the deep deck is so cool. It is spooky. And of course, it's a dark color. Mm-hmm. The back of the cards is a darker color than the regular cards. So it adds that sense of foreboding. For, well, first thing I need to say about it is every single card in that deck is a unique card. So yep, no duplicates. Some of them are just upgrades and some of the uh, abilities that your species already had. And other ones are completely new things that you hadn't seen before. And creatures that are not necessarily real creatures in there. Like mystical creatures. Like the Kraken, for example. Of course. The Leviathan. Uh, There's all kinds of like crazy stuff in there that really switches up the game rules. So where you might have felt comfortable with your machine that you had going before. Oh, I got a great synergy. Nobody can attack this guy because their population's too high. All of a sudden, this creature comes out that can eat 10 of your population and ignore your special ability to to mitigate the damage. Defenses? Yeah, forget defenses. Yeah, right. Good luck defending yourself from this thing. It happened to me. Evan got a monstrous creature out there, and I was like, I, I was floating on like 10 <laughs> population. I had this big fatty whale with extra blubber or something, and then he couldn't be attacked because there were so many of them. And then Evan came out and was like, mmm, delicious, and just ate all of them. Wow. Pulled a deep card for a creature that could only eat a very large population of another species. And I did. I mean, the the downside of some of the deep cards is they have a cost to them. You have to spend victory points that you've already earned to actually play. Yeah. So it's really like you have to question whether it's worth it or not. It's expensive, but epic. Yes. That is so broken. Of course, I'm going to pay for a victory point for (laughs) it. Oh, I I just wanted to see what happened. I didn't (laughs) mind spending the points. I'm like, this may cost me victory, but I don't care. I want to. I want to see this creature in action. I wish I had drawn Evan's epic card because that's always something I'm looking for is some big, crazy, epic thing to put on the board, even if it's not great. <laughs> that's right. Didn't result in victory, but it was still a lot of fun. It was cool when you put it out. It, like everybody gasped a little bit. <laughs> I was. There was. There was a reaction. <laughs> yeah. Okay, explorers, it's time to dig up or bury oceans. Evan? 
There's a lot going on with oceans, lots to look at, lots of strategy. Evolve, migrate, eat, feed, and survive. Oceans has it all. Fish it up. Mike? Oceans gives me the opportunity to create weird creatures, find killer combos, and create unique strategies, so dredge it up. Ed? Oceans evolved the mechanic of its predecessor into a game that's more accessible and expands on the strategic depth for explorations. Dig it up. Couldn't have said it better. As a sequel, it not only survives, it thrives. Dig it up. Ed, where can you find this game? Most backers have gotten their game, and Ocean should swim to retail stores soon. The standard edition retails for about 50 bucks, and you may be able to score the deluxe edition for about 85 bucks. If you have thoughts about Oceans, let us know. We are at Which Game First on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Our last game up this week is You've Been Sentenced, designed by Paul Edward Cooper and Donald McNeil, published by McNeil Designs in 2005. Number of players 3 to 10, ages 8 and up, playtime 30 minutes. Okay, when we spotted this game at an Orange is the New Black-themed party, what were our first thoughts? Evan? Ooh, five-sided cards. If I can get 12 of them, I can make a platonic solid. <laughs> <laughs> Ed? <laughs> oh, another word game. Have I been sentenced to five years of hard labor? <laughs> <laughs> you wish. Mike? The cards are one side short of a hex. We're not off to a good start here. <laughs> I know. <laughs> After reading this game's clunky tagline on the box cover, play, create, justify, laugh, win. Oh. I was very worried. <laughs> That didn't sound like a very complete sentence there. My disgust was just that it is just like the game. It's like a mad word salad that you just threw at us. <laughs> yeah. Play, create, justify, right, it. laugh. Before play. we give you a few editorial sentences of our own, Evan, <laughs> tell us how it's played. In You've Been Sentenced, players use their hand of 10 pentagon-shaped cards with conjugations of funny words famous names, and familiar places to build a grammatically correct sentence. Each round, players race to complete sentences while also trying to score the most points. Sentences also have to be justifiable in meaning, encouraging both creativity and common sense. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, I wish it lived up to its billing. Words? Can, can I start on a, on, a, on a positive note, maybe? Yeah. Yeah, go for it. I'm impressed that you've got one. Uh, it's not really. I mean, it's kind of a backhanded one. Uh, on a positive note, the concept inspired me to make a better game up in my head. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Here's my positive note. It comes with a timer, an hourglass. You know, a little, well, not hourglass, but I think it's a 90-second time. It's red with red sand. That was cool. <laughs> I don't know if we got lucky with that or I bought this copy at a thrift store. Mm -hmm. Surprise (laughs) that this game came from a thrift store. Somebody didn't want to keep it for the generations of people to enjoy. (laughs) Uh, It definitely was a red sand timer, which is very rare. But the pictures I'm seeing of this online has white sand. So I don't know if we got lucky. Oh, we got the rare edition. Yeah, we got the we got the misprint or the uh, like that stamp that was printed upside down. (laughs) And it wasn't like a chintzy red either. This was like crazy bright red sand. And yes, guys, this was the most exciting part of this game. Yeah, that's why we're dwelling on the sand for so long because uh, (laughs) it goes downhill from there. 
But it must have been so popular. There are many expansions for this game. What? Well, how did they expand it? It's true. There are. There's like six expansions. They just threw more word cards at it? Well, themes, sports, and oh, whatever. Okay. You can get the sci-fi fantasy deck, or, or my favorite, the NASA space terminology deck. So here's what's happening in this thing. Wait, before we get there, I want to linger a little bit longer on the components. I'm <laughs> okay. glad that the sand was so cool, because let me tell you, the box fell apart. Well, that's probably a thrift store artifact. Yeah, yeah. no, I, I had a used copy, and it probably wasn't pretty well tossed around. But I was not impressed with the box construction. <laughs> well, it was also a Pentagon. And the paper that the cards were made of oh. was... Oof. Boy. Yeah. yeah. After going from oceans to this game. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Stuff. Yeah, that, that's unfortunate. Didn't bear up well under that comparison. Yeah, it would be like me doing karaoke after Adele. That's fair. <laughs> wow. That's fair. What you're doing in this game is you have a bunch of cards and they have one word on each side of the pentagon. But the, a lot of the words are similar. Like They're conjugations of their own word. Not, not all of them, though. <laughs> it's kind of a random mix. It'll be like duck. Ducky, ducks. Yeah, copy, copies, copycats. Yeah, right. Yeah, so conjugations and just similar words. Mm -hmm. But also, they kind of sometimes threw in, like, you know, other stuff like the and stuff like that. Right. Yeah. Which they didn't need to because in this game, you're allowed to fill in the gaps between your words with anything you want to make it into a sentence. Which was just a stupid rule when they have (laughs) wild cards in. The game is well. <laughs> Wild cards worth zero. Yeah. If they had a value to them, at least they'd be worth playing. But yeah, they had a zero value. But what's the point? They, all they are are dead cards. You look at this, I got a wild card. WTF. They are the backseat driver of cards. They make no <laughs> sense wow. in the rules. I mean, they did mention in the box somewhere that there's other play modes to this game. And maybe the wild cards have some significance there. But in just the regular mode, wild cards are dead zero-point card that you don't need to use for any reason. It, it is. It's a it's a hand buster, basically. It's like, oh, wild cards, thanks for nothing. And with the ability to add as many words you want, the challenge, quote-unquote, of trying to make a complete sentence kind of goes out the window when you can just add the words as you need them. Exactly. That's what I was very disappointed in. I thought we were going to be challenged by... Every card you lay out, you have to complete, you have to make a complete sense out of only the cards in your hand. No, not true at all. Use some of the cards in your hand, as many as you want, and add as many words that aren't on the cards <laughs> as you want to the sentence. Weird Bats, cited in New Jersey, has locals questioning the printed newspaper articles about them. <laughs> And the latest anime, multilingual squirrels were mouthing off and bullying the kind snakes. <laughs> yeah. So add your own word salad to this word salad to make up your word salad of a sentence. It's like you can't fail. Oh, at one point I just laid out all my cards on the table and then created a sentence after the fact. Because that's more of a challenge. That's why it's like, yeah, I'm just going to slap the cards and try to come up with a sentence on the spot. Because that's a little more challenging than the rest of the game. What they might have wanted to do here was have a couple different stacks, some that had like, you know, the prepositions and the conjunctions and the other stack has the nouns and the verbs and things. And you draw separate some cards from each of that. So, yes, you would have to make a whole sentence using just the cards as opposed to arbitrarily throwing in as many words as you want. Or just have 
uh, two prepositions out of the five words that are on it on each card. Every card has enough prepositions, so you can reposition when I make it. Yes, an there's five words on every card. You had plenty of space to put a preposition on every one. Plenty. Yep. But instead, duck, ducky, and ducks. <laughs> so many simple ways to improve this game. <laughs> also, the balance of points. Yeah, I was just going to say that. It's like so arbitrary Random. what they assign the points for. Some of them are worth 20, some of them are worth zero. Also, <laughs> no quality control there either. Like the word weakened, which is a fairly challenging word to put in a sentence, is worth the same amount as A, the word A. <laughs> The letter A, word A. First player to 200 points wins. Oh. (laughs) I think we played the uh, abbreviated version, if I recall. I learned after the first round, forget about trying to make a cool sentence. Just take each word's highest value on the card, slap them together to make the most valuable, crappy sentence that you can make. It could be the run-on ridiculousness. Find the highest number-valued word on every card, put it in front of you, and make a sentence, because you can add as many words as you want. <laughs> I mean, I suppose they, they figured the timer somehow was going to mitigate that strategy, but it didn't. Talk about how the timer works. When somebody declares that they made a sentence, they flip the timer over and everybody else has to finish their sentences before the timer runs out. So there's even more time than the timer allows for you to create your sentence, which you can use any word and at any time. Yeah, there's basically infinite yeah. amount of time plus one and a half minutes. To make <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that is the only place where this game has any level of strategy get it done as quickly as possible because you get a five point bonus if you're the first person to flip the sand timer yeah you get some kind of bonus and it was it was at the end of the game i was so close to when me and celeste were both so close to winning all you needed was any point value plus the bonus to win so it was just a race to grab the timer to flip the timer to grab the bonus yeah i just flipped (laughs) over the top card i didn't even look at it i just flipped it over and tried to grab for the timer but celeste was on the same wavelength and she was a little quicker at the at the grab (laughs) (laughs) a game that you can end basically by being the fastest one to flip the timer over not especially for me (laughs) that's one of my weeks weak points in any game is like quickness on the draw when it comes to a physical thing like that i felt like there was a missed opportunity here to like teach parts of speech cards could have had what different part of speech that that they are yeah what a great idea like trying to construct a proper sentence right a proper sentence and then you have to you get more points for using more parts of speech in the sentence properly that's a great idea like oh you you use an adverb correctly you get 20 points right you know that something like that that is a great idea. <laughs> and they will be hexes. They will not be penta. Yeah. They will be yeah, hexa. Yeah. Thank you. Oh, yeah. And I want to say how ugly this game is. Did we talk about how <laughs> ugly it is? We kind of talked about the busted box and all that. Why is the icon, the image for this game, a hand with a ribbon, t- a string tied around its finger as if you're remembering something? <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> like, what does that have to do with you've been sentenced? It replaces the letter T in the word sentence. They the typed bar. in the letter H in, in their clip art, and that's the first image that came out. <laughs> <laughs> Tying a string around your finger is symbology for remembering something. Like, this is not a game about memory. Yeah. Celeste, you missed the most important part of the cover, the box of the game. It says, seriously hilarious. 
Yeah, I mean, a funny <laughs> sentence could happen. We had a couple ridiculous sentences yeah. that yeah. gave us a chuckle. I, I did stumble over my first sentence pretty good. <laughs> Epically, yeah. All right, ready? <laughs> yes. Ready. There's a troubling trend in toy manufacturing. Uh-huh. Where toy manufacturers have been doggedly rushing to market. Ooh. Wait, hang on, hang on. <laughs> and they, this may alienate the toy store. Okay, explorers, get your shovels out. Get your shovels out. It's time <laughs> yeah. to dig up for shovels. Mary. A- You've been sentenced. <laughs> Evan, hit me with it. It's a word salad game, which is fine. But for me, this does not have legs. Rules were sort of unnecessary, if that makes any sense. Bury it. Ed. The concept of the game is reasonable, but it's execution Left the sour taste. Bury it in the salt fat. Mike? Pentagons instead of hexes. And not enough boundaries in the rules to really make this work. Sadly, I've got to bury it. (sighs) Lazy design, poorly balanced. Bury it. You can find copies of this online for $15 to $30. And if you have thoughts about you've been sentenced, we'd love to hear from you. (laughs) We sure would. We are at Which Game First on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. That brings us to the end of our show. We look forward to hearing about all the game exploring you've done. And if you want more perks and content from this show, including our exclusive patron-only podcast, Bonus Points, Bonus Points, you can go to our website and click on Become a Supporter today. If you get a chance, please leave us a rating, a review, a shout-out, anywhere, a like, a heart, whatever. It really helps others find the show when you talk about us. Happy gaming, explorers. The difference between the sea and the ocean is only four letters. Beware the water, shit.